Warden, part three. Warden wanted to say something to Janison on the way back to the infirmary, but he couldn't think of anything. For her part, Janison was muttering under her breath too quietly for him to understand what she was saying as she followed him. Entering the infirmary, the first thing he saw was Garner lying on a gurney, a large metal box affixed to the top of his skull, medic floating behind him looking at a display on a portable scanner. She turned when she heard them enter. I had to remove the top of his skull, she said. I could not stop the swelling and had to relieve the pressure. Warden conveyed her words to Janison, who nodded. She nudged herself next to the gurney, turned her back towards Medic so she could not have to see that box and think about what it meant, and took Garner's hand. She held it, caressing it, holding it to her cheek. I'm so sorry, Charlie, she whispered. I'm sorry I didn't know you better. I didn't pay that much attention to you back when we were getting ready for this mission. So sorry that this happened and that I couldn't do more for you. She took a deep breath and let it out slowly and floated there, anchored by his side by holding his hand. Warden turned around to face the rendering chamber and saw several attendants guiding Lieutenant's body into it. Careful, he said. Please. They ignored him, only taking orders from medic when in the infirmary, but they were as respectful of Lieutenant as they could be, guiding her into the slot into the bulkhead. When she was fully inside, one attendant closed the door and locked it, and Warden knew the process would begin. The chamber would fill with the catalyst that would begin breaking down the proteins that composed Lieutenant's body, a process that would take quite some time. She would become part of Lucian's biological systems, part of her becoming food, or pieces of an organic system, or part of another crew member, possibly even part of the next lieutenant. That was when he felt the scratching sensation in his mind again, that feeling that had incapacitated him before and which had led to the death of lieutenant. No, he said and thought, determined. Not this time. You will stop this now. Warden? Oddly enough, Medic and Janison both said it at the same time. You will stop this, he said through gritted teeth, sweat breaking out on his brow. He closed his eyes. You will not hurt my friends and myself anymore. Is that understood? Anger, pain, grief. He remembered the agent delivering his report and then going to his death. He remembered any number of arguments he'd had with Lieutenant over the years, then any number of times when he'd reached out to her with his mind and she'd received him, but not to argue. He pictured in his mind again the sight of Janison taking Garner's hand, caressing it, apologizing to him for something she could do nothing about. All because of you, he thought. He didn't say it aloud, and he noticed the infirmary had become silent. He opened his eyes and found that he was floating in space. Terror gripped him for a moment until he noticed that he was having no problems breathing. He had not somehow been transported out into space, but was experiencing something similar to how he communicated with captain and senior staff. 
Hello, he said. Warden, what's going on? He recognized Janison's voice, though he could not see her. Please be silent, Warden said. Hello, he thought. He could see the cloud and the planets in the system and the star in the center. He could reach out and touch all of it if he wanted, he knew. He had the feeling that an ancient and powerful being was waiting for something. It was like every clock in the universe stopped at the same time, waiting on a word from him. For the first time he could remember, he felt terror. Who, he finally heard in his mind, as a voice as loud as a god's. You must not speak as loudly as you do. It is unnecessary and causes pain, he said. Sorry. Better, the voice said. It was much quieter. Yes, Warden responded. Remain still and do nothing. I will return to give you further orders. Is that understood? Understood. Warden opened his eyes and saw Janison floating in front of him, concern on her face. Medic next to her, holding a medical scanner, directing its beam towards him. Are you okay? Janison asked. Okay, Warden said. I am afraid that I have no idea what to do now. Janison felt a numbing terror when Warden's eyes had rolled back into his head and he'd moaned softly, his wings going limp and his body drifting in the slight air currents created by the life support system. She had a feeling that this onslaught was going to be much more powerful than the previous ones. When Warden began speaking to someone who was not in the room, that terror defied everything she understood about herself and doubled into something that she could not name, an emotion beyond terror. You were communicating with it, she asked after he'd opened his eyes again. Not, now not sure that she could should be feeling, but the scientist inside her waking up and finding herself intrigued. It appears I was. I still am. It is awaiting instructions. Medic chirped something and Warden shot her an impatient glance. I am quite well aware that there is nothing wrong with me physically, he said. If Medic didn't understand the words, she understood the tone and retreated back to oversee Garner again. Instructions to do what? I am not sure. Can you ask it to explain its purpose, she asked. Warden nodded and closed his eyes, almost immediately reopening them. It says that it has learned much of our psychology and is creating a suitable interface for me to use to give it instructions. But did it tell you what it's supposed to do? Janison was getting a bit impatient and found herself wishing she could have her own brain rewired to give her the ability to communicate with this thing. Not yet. I do know it has encountered humans before and attempted to communicate with them and was unsuccessful. At least it is said that previous incarnations had done so. Why did it destroy them? Since they did not communicate, it assumed they were unintelligent remnants of a previous civilization. It needed to refuel to reproduce and spread. 
that is why it destroyed them. But it honed in on their transmission, she said. While it considers radio signals an indication of intelligence, it only considers the type of communication we are engaging in now as proof. So it listens for radio signals, visits systems where it, where it detects them, tries to communicate mentally with them, and if they don't res respond, it destroys them? Yes, from what I understand. That makes no sense. How many emerging civilizations has this thing snuffed out? I have no answer to that. It is the way it was programmed. By the skein? I agree with you. I do not believe that this is a device of the skein but of a much older civilization that possibly no longer exists. You know what this means though, right? She said. It means you don't have to destroy our ship. You can order the cloud to dissipate or just leave us alone. That would require an order by Captain, and I have heard nothing from him. Ask him, she said. Warden closed his eyes. Captain, he called, did you monitor my communication with the cloud? There was no response. Captain, he said again. Captain is not on the channel. It was security, sounding puzzled. Why not? Warden asked. I am unsure. This is not possible. I am physically at his door now and trying to enter. He is not acknowledging me. Use your override. Of course, he can feel security entering his own code to gain admittance to Captain's quarters. Then he felt a surge of panic, not of his, but security's, and his heart rate increased dramatically. Sir, he heard security call out, please respond. Warden, security said after a few moments. The last incident with the cloud appears to have caused him to have a stroke, just like Lieutenant. He is dead. How is that possible? Janison asked. Warden shrugged. I do not understand the mechanism. Lieutenant's brain was damaged already. Perhaps Captain's was too. What happens now? Security will assume command. Can you persuade him? It is unlikely. Warden took a deep breath. I am sorry. Captain was a good commander. I know that you do not agree, but he will be missed and his death leaves a void that is impossible to fill. He's going to continue with the plan to destroy our ship, even after what we've learned? We have not necessarily learned much, Doctor. We know that the cloud is probably not a weapon of the scheme. Probably, she gasped. I'm afraid that deception is a vital tactic in most wars, Doctor. Damn it, Morden, she gritted her teeth, turning around carefully, surveying the infirmary. Her eyes came to rest on the slot, now closed, where the attendants had placed Lieutenant's body, so it could be rendered down to its most basic components. Biomass, she said, turning back to Warden. I'm sorry? Unfixed amino acids, you said. That is correct. We have the ability to program them to form extremely complex strands of DNA to create. That's what the cloud is, too. Damn, Janison said, turning slightly and nudging herself towards her computer setup. Look, Warden, 
the properties of the cloud. It breaks matter down into some sort of sludge. I bet that's its purpose. You can program it to create whatever you want. Life forms, elements, worlds even. It makes sense. How do you mean? It's drawn to worlds that emit systematized transmissions, you said. What if this thing is a gift for those races that those who created it thought were sufficiently advanced? Yet it destroys those that are not. This makes no sense. Well, they were alien, Warden. Who knows? Maybe some aspects of its programming have been corrupted. It is millions of years old, after all, and has been recreated over and over again. Warden was silent, eyes closed. In just under one hour, your ship will be released and destroyed, he said, opening them. Security has made this decision official. Can you order the crew to ignore it? No. It is an automated process. Security will control it himself. She sighed. What's going to happen to us? Garner and me, that is. You will remain on this ship. Hopefully we will find a world suitable for you to settle on. Or we could return to Earth. It is possible you will be able to find another ship to take you there, but it is doubtful the Lucian will ever go there. However, it is unlikely as ships have limited resources and are usually unwilling to pick up passengers who are unable to contribute useful skills. Gee, thanks a lot, Janison said. Warden, can you fight him? Fight who? Security. He is very strong. It would also be treason. But can you? I believe so. I will not be able to defeat him for control of the ship. Can you stop him from doing anything until it's too late? Possibly. I cannot promise, and the struggle may kill me. What about the cloud? What will it do? This I do not know. It's possible that since you've made contact with it, that it won't harm us. He closed his eyes again, lips moving slightly. I instructed it to begin its primary mission. Really, Jansen said, you ordered it to create a solar system for us? Recreate one, and I'm guessing that is its primary purpose. It did not indicate otherwise. Or this could just be a trick of the scheme. You could paralyze security and allow the Volusian to enter the cloud and it'll just consume us. You said nothing about the Volusian entering the cloud. Warden sounded shocked. It's the only way. I can't fly our ship. I have no idea what to do with the controls. If Charlie survives, he won't either, and he may have brain damage to boot. It's the only thing I can think of. And that is assuming that your guesses are correct. Yes, educated guesses, Warden. Very well, Warden said. He took a deep breath. There was a concerned chirp from Medic that they both ignored. He is very strong, Warden said. Remember, Lieutenant, she said quietly. She reached over and took his hand and he jerked slightly, surprised at the contact. Remember, Captain, remember this agent you told me about. All my friends in stasis who have died. All those who will die. Their deaths will be for absolutely nothing. 
nothing, pointless, a waste of life. His grip on her hand tightened. Yes, he said through clenched teeth, leaning his head back, his eyes squinted shut, sweat beating on his forehead, some of it foreign tiny, salty globules orbiting around his head. Yes, you will not do this. Somewhere an alarm started and throughout the Volusian crew were awaiting orders and were terribly surprised that none were coming. She hoped that Warden could somehow control those systems, assuming he could contain security in their struggle. This is for your benefit as well, Warden gasped. I am not a traitor. I am not a traitor. I am not a traitor. The alarms grew louder and Janison was surprised at how much time had passed. They were entering the outer edges of the cloud. I'm sorry, Warden gasped. And suddenly the universe grew deathly silent. Just over two million years later, Warden opened his eyes. This is J. Franklin Evans. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stories That Suck. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe.